if you're struggling to see your ex move on, that's probably better than the attitude of get out of here, move on. Struggling to see that is probably based out of love, concern for their well-being, the positive memories that you have and that you shared together. I mean, those are all good things. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. What? (laughs) Just waiting to see who speaks first. Just like every week. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome back, friends. How are you? Good. Good? Good. Yep. Pretty good. (laughs) Matt's in the middle of a big work day, so he's... (laughs) Yeah, you're home early. He's feeling... Well, to record. Yeah. He's taking a break to record, and then he's going back. Oh, you are? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Well, then I just got a message that the forklift rental place could drop off tonight. Anyways, I'll let it go. (laughs) (laughs) For 45 minutes, let it go. Okay. You've got this. Steve just got back from Palm Springs today. I did. My favorite place in the world. Quite the jet setter, Steve. Well, you got free time on your hands. (laughs) You're going to Hawaii in two weeks. You can say yes to things that I couldn't say yes to before. (laughs) Yeah. All over the place. Palm Springs. Palm Springs is nice. I love Palm Springs. Coachella was fun. Good. Penny is keeping me updated. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. What more can you get? It was more EDM (laughs) than rock and roll. (laughs) (laughs) But what isn't like Coachella, isn't it set up like there's different venues? Like you can go. There's six different stages. Okay. And, now it, and 180,000 people at those six stages. Wow. It was massive. I could not believe how big it was. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's like, no matter where you are walking, it's like by the end of the three days, everyone there had just mastered the art of just weaving in between each other. Like you can walk, you know, you have three or four of you walking side by side and you're just like perfectly mingling in between groups of other people that are also walking in a slightly different direction and just... Like, you're not, like, making way for each other. You're just mixing right in between each other. It's fascinating. I wish you guys could see Steve talking right now because he's trying to talk. Leaning leaning the microphone on my lips while I demonstrate (laughs) with my hands what was happening. Yeah. (laughs) And the laser shows, oh, my gosh. Out of this world. I could not believe the light shows they did. But good music. I liked that Penny was interested. She messages me and she's like, wait, you're seeing Harry Styles? He's at Coachella? (laughs) Wait, Doja Cat is at Coachella? <laughs> yeah. She yeah. told me those two are too much for her to go to concert, but she could probably do Billie Eilish. Those are too much for her? What does that they mean? They probably would be like a little too much for her. A little too intense? A little too intense, a little, a little too, too mature. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they would have been. And the whole scenario would have been overwhelming to her. Oh, yeah. That's not a And it was kid's so scene. hot. But wasn't there like a comment by her like, I don't know why you didn't take me. No. <laughs> I, I swear that's what no. she said. She says that. She said it to me several times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, like, I wasn't invited. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, stuff she like says that. that. And I'm like, well, <laughs> do you realize how much this stuff costs? 
Also, she wouldn't want to go to this. No, she wouldn't. She, she would have hated oh, it. Oh, because walking. Yeah. Blazing hot. No, and just Yeah, walking. Load. We walked 14 miles in a day. <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't want to do that. Unless it's Disneyland. <laughs> now she's got her sights on Disney World. Why, why the switch? She's been to Disneyland twice. Three times? I know. She wants to go to Harry Potter, Harry Potter World. World. That's always been on the list. Yeah. So what's the difference between the Harry Potter and Universal oh, Studios? Harry and... Potter World is like way bigger. It's oh. like Lagoon versus Disneyland. Yeah. Harry, oh. Le- Harry Potter World and Universal is super cool, and it blew me and Penny's mind both times we've been there. But like, you stand next to the train and take a picture. In Orlando, you, well, you know, you've ridden the train, right? Oh, no, you didn't no, have a chance to. No, we missed that on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rub it in, but... <laughs> Steve. Rub it in. <laughs> Penny has never been more disappointed in you two as parents <sighs> than when she found out that you could have spent the day at Harry Potter World and didn't. <laughs> Except we didn't know we could until it was too late. Yeah. Otherwise, we would have right. been there. <laughs> that conference you were at had that yeah. option. You guys didn't know about it. Yeah. It's just funny. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. So anyway. anyway, it's way bigger in Orlando. Yeah. Okay. But... I mean, it's way easier to get to California and less expensive, which is why I took her there mostly. But also, I like that now that we've been there, if we go to Orlando, it's still like an exciting, exciting. thing. Yeah. Not just both the same of old. them are exciting. Yeah. But it can still get cooler than it already has been. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I would like to make that happen for her sometime. I would like to make that happen for her sometime. Oh, the race is on. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's on my list. Things to do with Penny. Competition. Or- or things to support her in getting there, yeah. <laughs> whether it's with me or not, whatever. So whatever. funny story. I got back to town today just in time to go to a meeting with Horizon Air, a regional airline out here in the West that I could very potentially work for after I finished my training. And so I want to make sure I got back in time for that. And the recruiter, they always bring a recruiter and a pilot just to get the perspective on someone who's been through the program and everything. And they were talking about how they often experiment with different flights that they think could have potential. And one of them was a a direct flight from Boise to Palm Springs that they've been experimenting with. And she's talking about when she did the flight last week and talking through a scenario. And I'm thinking, this sounds awfully familiar. (laughs) Was it your flight? Yeah, she was the pilot on my flight. And we had the roughest air I have ever experienced. When we, like, the hardest landing ever we slammed that runway so hard and it was just really funny to go up and talk to her and i was like hey i think i was on your flight you, the one you're talking about it had to have been friday morning right and she's like oh my gosh if you were on that flight i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> she's like most of that was not my fault but some of it was and i am so sorry you had to experience that landing <laughs> that's so funny yeah, very that small funny. world and random yeah that's totally and random. i knew she looked familiar because i'd seen her when i got off the plane but yeah yeah it was very funny what was her face expression when she got off the plane was it like i don't know I, just... <laughs> yeah, I mean rough landings happen but it was easily the roughest hardest landing i've ever experienced in a but then that was airliner. that was washed away when you walked into the Palm Springs airport it and it's was open. Open air. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Like after you go through TSA, you go out to this beautiful green courtyard where you can lay out in the sun and wait for your flight. Like, man, why is that 
not at every airport. Because more not, airports. <laughs> not every airport has the climate for that. Yeah, true. I was told Long Beach also has one like that in California. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it was cool. I Very love cute. It. I can't imagine when it's 117 degrees, but yeah, it was great when it was 75. Yeah. <laughs> which it was when we landed. I love that airport. I love that town. <laughs> it's my vibe for sure. Okay. This week, we are answering your guys' questions, comments, whatever, responding to your comments, I guess, not answering your comments. But we are just going to zero in on two of them today. And one of them is a voice message. Are we going to play it? Yeah. Fun. I know. First time. We'll see how this does (laughs) with our podcast producers. I don't actually remember what the question was. It'll be fine. I know. Okay. Hi, I'm sending in my question slash thought. Um, I wonder what circumstances would have looked like had Jessica still had really strong feelings for Steve when you decided to separate. What that timeline look like as far as your emotions? Obviously, Steve didn't feel that way necessarily towards you anymore, from my understanding, but he also, from my listening, seemed to take things harder than you did. Um Jessica. And so I'm just wondering how this might have looked if Jessica was still very much attracted to or in love with Steve. It might have just been a personality thing, but I'm just curious how that would have looked. And then also going along with that, I suppose, what it might have looked like moving forward with boundaries, how long that process between separating, being divorced, did you take personally before you felt like spending time with Steve was healthy for you, if you even needed that time? Um, I think my husband, at my current husband, who, you know, we're getting a divorce, um, we're trying to figure out basically what that looks like as obviously he's moved on, he has a boyfriend, and he's wonderful. We're all friends, but I still struggle sometimes being in that dynamic, although long-term we want to be able to spend time together like the three of us used to. It's obviously just switched now, you know. So just my thought and question. Good question. Yeah. And not something I think we've touched on much. Talked about it a little bit. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I narrowed it down to two questions, because they both are kind of big questions. Pretty in-depth. Yeah. And first of all, props to her for, I mean, she says she knows her ex-husband's boyfriend and their friends. Good for her. Yeah. And also, like, she says it's sometimes hard for her, and that's, that's real, and that's, like, valid. Well, and I think that's the important thing. And that's what was important for me is to acknowledge when it was hard and just to say, you know what, this situation isn't great for me right now. It's too hard to be in this situation. It's making me feel sad. And, you know, I'm I'm mourning the relationship I had with Steve. And so I need to not be in this situation for a while. At this point, we're pretty comfortable with most situations. Like I don't have that type of feeling brought out in me anymore of feeling like oh, this is sad that we aren't together or Steve has a different partner. But that was hard for a long time. And I think it's interesting that she kind of infers that I had already moved on at that point when we got divorced. And I I was still very sad and torn apart to have our relationship end. 
I wasn't okay. Right. I was not okay. <laughs> but here's here's the thing. I, I think that, Jessica, you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you had six or seven years to prepare yourself for this moment that could have happened in your mind that you were preparing yourself for for that long. And that when it happened, you had already made the decision what you were going to do in that moment, right? Yeah. And so you had already kind of coped with the what if of if this scenario does happen, this is how I'm going to react. Anyways, that's just my thought. I had done a lot of my own work and healing throughout our marriage. I feel like I had put a lot of effort into a lot of self-care and diving into what I was feeling and knowing what I wanted, no matter what direction our relationship went. And so while it hurt and it was hard during the divorce, mass right, like I had kind of dove into that healing process beforehand, where a lot of women that I work with, they had no idea their spouse was gay until they said right. it, and then they're gone six months later or whatever, and it's it's a lot to take in in that short of time. So there is that for me. Like I think my timeline post-divorce was different because I had had all that time to come to terms with the fact Steve was gay. My life probably wasn't going to look how I had imagined, no matter if we stayed together or not. But I was, I was still very much in love with Steve and attracted to Steve when we got divorced. And but it was especially the first time we separated, and I was with Sebastian. Yeah. Then we dated again. Then we got divorced. But I mean, especially the first time, you didn't want. I mean, you wanted to. I was hoping we'd still work it out even after the affair. I was hoping that there was still that window of opportunity. And then at some point, I just realized it wasn't what was best for either of us at that point. And so it still took some time to come to terms with that. But again, I kind of had those tools. I kind of knew what I wanted, how I wanted things to look. And I just leaned into that pretty hard. My one thought there is you really dove in and did the work. You were willing to dig in and do the work and the therapy yourself Mm -hmm. surrounding this scenario even sooner than I was. Yes. Like you were reading all the books and doing all the research and talking to all the people and looking at your own you know, your own healing. involvement in this. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were you started your healing process real quick. And as opposed to on the flip side saying, well, this isn't my problem. This is Steve's deal. Yeah. You know, he's the one who needs to fix this stuff, not me, which is true. <laughs> but you couldn't control what I was doing. You could only control what you were doing. And you chose to to do that. You chose to influence the things that were in your control. And you started that, you know, six months a year into our marriage as opposed to someone who just starts that right as it's ending Mm -hmm. or takes even longer before they finally say okay this this really has affected me and i need to do therapy for myself or so six years six years is the answer (laughs) in advance (laughs) in advance and probably a few after that yeah honestly i feel like healing from trauma betrayal whatever you want to categorize this as however that feels to you in your life it's a lifetime process, I would think, of recognizing like there are still things that come up that I'm like, oh my gosh, these are things that I carry and that I still am working on. But I'm able to identify those and that I can heal and continue to work on those. One of the things we talked about the other night on one of my group coaching calls with the ladies who are in the thick of this right now, who their partners have come out, 
we talked about like radical self-care and the fact that when this happens, when you have a partner who comes out, the most important thing you need to do is engage in radical self-care. Like take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is going to be okay because you're taking care of yourself and making sure you're being clear about what it is you need. Can you clarify what radical means? In this radical s- means like, like... Jump on a BMX bike and start riding around? What? <laughs> intense. Dive into intense self-care okay. of embracing self-care head on and letting go of so many other things that maybe you were really good at in your life or that you felt were important and needed to be done and understanding that those things at this moment are not as important. And it's okay to just dive into yeah. the self-care and take care of yourself. You have a new top priority and it's you. Yes. Yep. Yeah. For years, I would say like that top priority needs to be you. And again, women always go to, well, my kids need me, whatever. I'm like, you- your kids are still going to be taken care of if you are taking care of yeah, yourself your, first. Your kids need you. Yes. And therefore, you need to take care of you yes. so that you can be there for them. How would you advise people to get over the thought of, oh, but that is so selfish. <laughs> this is the time to be selfish. <laughs> but honestly, it's... N- it's like, a healthy selfish. If you are aware of the fact that you're worried about being selfish, you are not going to be selfish. Like, it's not selfish when you are putting time into yourself and healing. It is the most important work you can do for your family is to heal yourself so that then your family knows it's okay for them to heal themselves and to take time for themselves and that they start seeing that at a younger age. That's valuable. That's important. And it gives them that permission to do the same when hard things happen in their life. And so I think the biggest thing is to understand that if you are aware or have the thought that it's selfish, to understand that it's not selfish. You're never going to get to that point because you have this awareness that you don't want to be selfish. Got it. Does that help? Sure. Hopefully. Can you think of, answer this if you want or don't, but can you think of the last time you ever felt, whatever that we want to call that feeling of seeing me in a relationship or in something where it made you feel slighted or jealous or resentment or uncomfortable or something that pushed your boundaries in seeing me move on? Yeah, when we were mountain biking together that one time. <laughs> that was the last time. What time? Oh. <laughs> when she said, who's that? Who's yeah. your friend? Yeah, that was the last time. That is ever jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not. No, you're joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> I feel like it's been a long time, but I wouldn't know. It has been a really long time. And honestly, I haven't felt jealous of your relationships for a very long time because I was confident in the fact that I was going to find my own new relationship. Mm-hmm. There was a sadness around different things involving Penny or like, and I think you probably felt this too with Matt coming into the picture of there's just a different dynamic and and it's a new thing that you have to mourn of how you thought your relationship with your child would be. So I think there was more of that in recent years. I don't, I can't think of when it was or if there was a particular boyfriend that I was kind of like, oh, I'm over it. Hmm. I, but I think it was a gradual process. I, and she pointed this out that I feel like I had feelings of that a lot longer than you did, which is silly and kind of backwards. But I struggled with it well into you guys' marriage of seeing the two of you 
and just feeling some real heaviness mm-hmm. of this could have been me and this could have been our life. And well, and you exposed that when you took her out to uh, breakfast your anniversary. anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, it, yeah. the thing <laughs> is, again, I engaged in healing long before you did, yeah. Steve. You were still mm-hmm. suppressing the fact that you needed to heal, even though you were embracing who you were, you still needed to heal from all of the past things that you had told yourself mm-hmm. about yourself and that you had been told by people in the church or people in you know society in general or whatever about who you were, what you had internalized around who you were. And so you were just diving into that healing and you went very far down, mm-hmm. very yeah. low. And so had it sounds to come like back up. so it sounds like this individual who sent us this message is is probably more in a circumstance like Steve was going yeah. through, where it was more abrupt. Uh huh. Because it was more abrupt for you, Steve, from what yeah. I gather. Yeah, sure. The the initial affair was abrupt for Jessica, but she it, knew that this was a possibility for a really yeah. long time. And I think you'd be in denial that I, yeah, it was I, ever going to be real. Right. And I just couldn't even think of it as being real because. It would have become real much sooner, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I just, denial was a double-edged sword, I'm sure. There. It was That's more comfortable right for you. Metaphor, but it was, yeah. Yeah. It was easier to be in denial than to really face the facts for me, probably. But yeah, you're, you're probably right So, Steve, that. how did you get out of that denial? I mean, I know we've shared a lot of things on this podcast, but how did you get out of the denial? Well, I just really, as far as moving past, like... When things did get heavier, I did feel some sort of sadness around things. I just mimicked your behavior, Jessica. You were so supportive of me. You got past any resentment. You let go of any could-have-beens. And you were all in, all supportive. And I just, I wanted to be that for, for you. And it was easy for me to follow your footsteps in that. I don't think I could have or would have been the one to set that mm-hmm. tone for our new relationship, but it was much easier to do so following you as an example. Well, and being able to do that requires that you engage in healing yeah. along the way. It requires that. And I have to say most of the women, 99% of the women that I work with that are in this situation have had a more abrupt experience. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a I'm in the few who have known for years and then their relationship ends. And so I think it's there's a lot that you then have to process all at once. But it is doable. And, and that's, the, that's, that's the thing that, again, let's remind everybody, like every single circumstance is different. Yes. And there's no real answer to a time limit. It's, it's making sure that your feelings are in check and your thoughts are in check and everything is you guys i mean both parties in this relationship are under the mutual understanding that things are going to either work out or we're going to try and work this out yeah you know like in steve's what steve just said i'm going to follow the lead i'm going to follow the lead that jessica has put in place and try and mimic that yeah my one thought for her is well, and I guess I think this applies in any breakup scenario where mm-hmm. kids are involved. I think it's there's an added layer of difficulty on her side because her ex-husband is gay 
Mm-hmm. And now there's kind of an expectation to be supportive of him. So she probably could be in a position to feel a little more pressure than the average ex-husband and ex-wife. But I guess my one bit of advice for her, for what it's worth, is to protect her own comfort level. Mm -hmm. If she finds herself in scenarios that are uncomfortable for her, difficult for her, unhealthy for her, and she feels pressured to stay there and be there to support her ex-husband and his partner, she can, she's completely justified in stepping away from that and saying, this isn't healthy for me. Here's my boundary. Yeah. I support you guys, but I'm not going to be present for XYZ, whatever it is. And that can change over time. And that's something that I really encourage people to think about as well is this might be the boundary now you might want it to be over here like you might want to be in that situation someday but respect the fact that you're not able to be there yet and give yourself that time to work through that and heal through that yeah and give yourself permission to not be there yet like you don't need you have enough pressure already you don't need to make yourself feel more pressure for not being further Mm -hmm. along than you are yeah okay so these questions actually go really hand in hand because this one's directed at you, Steve. Uh Uh-oh. And it says, I just have one question and it's primarily directed at Steve. How did you eventually let Jess go? And that's in quotes, let Jess go. Like you spent all of that time building up this life where you were her protector and provider, even in the face of Jess saying, it's okay, be free to be you. How did you finally let what you and Jess had go? I'm going to read the rest of this. I came out to my wife in December and we've chosen to separate and co-parent and live in the same house for financial reasons. She's been doing the work for herself to build back up and I'm so proud of her. She's been so supportive of me coming out, but I can't seem to let her go. We've been together since high school and I've always taken care of her. Now we're separated and she's learning to take care of herself and be more independent. She's actually going out with friends tonight and at friends we used to have together. And me, I just feel stuck. I've accepted my queerness, but it feels like I can't move forward until I let her go. And I can't seem to fully do that. This like hits home. Yeah. (laughs) I remember how hard this was for Steve to feel like he couldn't, like he wanted to take care of me still for years Mm -hmm. of still like, finding this line between taking care of me and allowing me, (laughs) like supporting me in my new life. Um, I think I just eventually had to sort through what was best for you, which was, I don't know. I mean, it was best for both of us to move on. And I knew that part of that was, I knew it was going to be unhealthy if I kept, like anytime I started to feel you moving on, it made me panic a little bit and like want to, like grab that back what we had and i knew that was not going to be healthy for you i knew that wasn't where things were going to end up with us and i it was it was a very hard pill to swallow but to just have to i mean i i had to support you the way you were supporting me i just i'm I'm just going to go back to that one i don't know what else to say except that i knew what was best for you was to get past this and heal and find someone new and build a new life that involved me in a much lesser and very different way. And it was super hard for me to put that before what I wanted and needed. 
and but I think you, I think you were very conflicted too in what you wanted and oh, yeah. needed because I remember so you were living with Sebastian mm-hmm. and I'm working through getting our divorce papers done and all of that and at that time that you're living with him and I'm getting divorce papers ready you were still coming to me going well do we have to speed this along do we really have to I get know. divorced this fast and finally I was like Steve you are living with somebody else. You are living with somebody else. Your I was on life... the fence forever. Yeah. And honestly, what I just said was the time frame I was thinking of when I felt all that was post-divorce, uh-huh. back in Boise, post-breakup, <laughs> post-dating. Like, we were officially <laughs> done again and on our own paths, and I still panicked every time I mm-hmm. felt you moving on without me and... Uh, so going back even further to when I was with Sebastian, yeah, I was a disaster then. Like, yeah, I called you every night, partly to check in and partly because I needed a pep talk in life. It was freaking heavy. All the things I had <laughs> traded to to be with this man and to try this out, so to speak. And I was a mess. I was panicked. It's really hard to go back into that mode of what was I thinking at that time, right? Because it doesn't make sense. It, well, and. It was all unknown to to both of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was unknown to Steve if Jessica was actually going to find somebody, an individual who was going to start that quote unquote new life with her, right? Mm -hmm. And because you probably didn't want that new life. You wanted to be part of her life, Mm -hmm. which was an old life. And you weren't sure, like, is there going to be an individual who's going to accept one, Jessica, two, my daughter, and three, me being involved in my daughter's life mm-hmm. and potentially Jessica's life? That unknown is scary. Mm-hmm. So scary. Especially coming from where we did, where it was all kind of known, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's not, but I, I very much had a path in mind of why I knew what life was what I wanted it to look like and what I thought it was going to look like. When we were married. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about that unknown right now with my circumstance with my ex. And, you know, she's starting to date another individual now. And I, I like, it's unknown. Like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't. You don't know what it looks like. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it looks like for my kids and their their life. And, yeah. and you do still future. face a lot of unknown. I mean, right. There's been time and time again throughout our several years of podcasting that things have been switched. Right. And it's totally changed up what you have grown comfortable with. And you've had to kind of start over with that. Right. So one of the things, Steve, that I feel like in the first question we answered that kind of transfers over to this question as well is, as well is, is that you kind of followed my lead Mm -hmm. and trusted me for doing what was right for me, mm-hmm. just as I showed trust and support in you doing what was right for you. And just tried to hold on to that until you got to a place where it didn't hurt as much and where you could let go. You slowly were able to let go of those things and realize I was really going to be okay. And some of those types of things. Steve, there were several times that I remember after Jessica and I got married that you would come over to our house and I could tell you were hurting and I could tell you were hurting to a point where you just needed to talk with Jess. Like, and so I, I would 
I would just let that be. I would just, he, he needs somebody to talk to and. And no one else gets him. <laughs> yeah. And I will, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and, and listen in on the conversation or anything. I'm just going to, I'll let them be because Steve needs it right now. And anytime that you're dealing with somebody moving on, the new partner needs to understand that there was a relationship before that. And that relationship, if that individual wants it to continue to move forward, that you have to swallow your pride and humble yourself and understand that there's still an individual relationship between those two. So, And you were really good at that, Matt. It much was hard. Better, looking back, much better than I realized at the time or gave you credit for. It was hard because, I mean, obviously in my own head, I'd be thinking like, what are they talking about? Like, why so much time spent with him? Like, And there was a while there that it was pretty common. Yeah. We were still a very good support for each other. And Jessica yeah. was very good at helping me talk through things. And yeah. Anyway. There's another aspect to this, to his question, that of friends that used to be ours that are now hers. Or at least it, he makes it seem that way. And how that feeling is. And I can relate to that. We had our couple friends mm-hmm. that after we split, I just felt this big around. And like... I kind of mourned that loss, not nearly to the magnitude of husband and wife. It was nowhere near that, but it was a difficult thing to navigate for quite a while. And there are still some people that when I'm around them, people that were our people, our Mm -hmm. friends, that when I'm around them, I kind of revert back to just feeling like, you know, tiny and like a screw up. And it kind of takes a little self-talk of, hey, like, they loved you then, they love you now, and if they don't, you don't need them anyway, but clearly they do if they're, like, here chatting with you and whatever. Making an effort. Yeah, and having to, like, talk myself into a good place of, you don't need to feel like crap around these people. You know, they, Mm -hmm. yes, the relationship has changed for obvious reasons, but I don't know. I guess it was just, just one other aspect I thought of there that I still struggle with sometimes. Just some people that that I think probably a lot worse of myself around them than they think of me. Yeah. So I think some of the things we can safely say about this are there's no timeline. It's going to be your own. And it's okay for it to be your own. Don't compare it to anybody else's on either side of this. Like, take your time. And when you do feel those things, figure out what it is you're feeling and then be clear with the other person about that. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to whatever, but just be clear about, I had a really hard time with this. It was nothing you did, but I am going to, or maybe it was something they did. And just explain those things. And the more grace you can give yourself, the more grace you can give the other person, the easier it is to heal and make it through and then be able to find a relationship that does work for you guys, that feels healthy for both of you. I think it's it's possible And uh, so just to give yourself that time and recognize, even if the other person seems like they are doing fine and they've moved on, there is pain there. They Mm -hmm. are still carrying, they're still pain, they're still mourning, they're still carrying those same things that you're experiencing just in a different way and at different times. And so don't feel like they're not feeling any of this either. I know that's a common issue. (laughs) They just moved on, they're fine. Like, they're not fine. 
They might no. appear to be fine, but <laughs> nobody's it's, fine. And that these things still come up years later. There are things that you'll realize, holy crap, like this is because of what I went through then. I'm feeling this way. And now I'm going to, now that I understand that I can start healing that thing. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you're not in a good place. That doesn't mean you haven't healed. That doesn't mean you haven't done the work. It just means there's always things in life that come up and it's okay to to process and feel those things. And I think look at the the root of these feelings. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling to see your ex move on, that's probably better than the attitude of get out of here, yeah. move on. You know, that's struggling to see that is probably based out of love, concern for their well-being, the positive memories that you have and that you shared together. I mean, those are all good things. So feeling some level of struggle with that scenario is probably a lot healthier than feeling no struggle with it and just walking away from it and only thinking about yourself. Yeah. I like that. I mean, that. I think it's natural to have some level of struggle if you are still concerned about this person and care for them. And can you imagine the cohabitation aspect? That's a whole another it's layer hard. that we didn't we didn't have that. But I cannot imagine like being at home with Penny while you were out on a date or out with our friends or mm-hmm. that would have been a whole different level of difficult you coming home like if we lived together at that point. We didn't. I, I knew those things were happening and you yeah. know they were, but we didn't have to. We you had your own space. It. You don't have yeah. to see it in front of you. We had our own space to do those things without it being hurtful to the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually know quite a few people who have like done that for a while. Yeah. I know several that are it doing work, it right I'm now. Like, wow. Yeah. Kudos to you. That would have been really hard for me as well. If I had to do it, we would have. Yeah. And you do. You do what you have to do, but still, that's hard. For the kids or financially yeah. or for whatever other reasons they're. That might be the best option for you, and Mm -hmm. it'll come with its challenges. But you can figure it out. Keep being kind to yourself, kind to the other person, work through it. Okay. I feel like now is a perfect time to acknowledge that (laughs) I decided to open up group coaching again. I'm not offering the workshop, the free workshop and things, but if you are in this situation and want group coaching, I'm opening the doors starting today, April 27th, until Sunday, May 1st. You can go to the link in our show notes to get information about that. You can reach out to me, DM me, send me an email if you want more information. But I do have just five spots available that I'm opening up group coaching for. And it's a month by month like thing that you can sign up for. You can cancel at any time. But if you are interested, now is the time to get signed up. I love that this is where the podcast has led is that women that are experiencing this scenario have someone they can turn to to get some input and to bounce some ideas off of and to you know to learn how did you do this in such an amazing and unique way that turned out for the better and it's super cool that now women have this resource can you imagine if you had had yourself to to talk to It would have been a whole different game. And that's the thing that I keep hearing from these women. A lot of these women also, like their spouses haven't come out even to their family. And so having a space to go that is completely safe and private to be able to share these things with women who are going through the same thing has been really cool to watch. 
So come join yeah. us. If you are there, we would love to have you. Anything else today you guys want to share? I don't think so. No. Okay. That was heavy. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough for me. <laughs> and just a reminder, if you have a question, comment, insight that you want to share with us, you can send us a voice message on Instagram or you can send us, just type it out and send it over to us via email or a DM on Instagram as well. And we will make sure to get to that question and give you what insights we have. And thanks to both of you who shared those today, those questions. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for those are great questions. We think we know what might be helpful, but <laughs> But we don't. We want to even hear better. From, yeah. If someone reaches out and says, Hey, the following information would be really helpful. And the other thing is guaranteed there are more people who are needing insight to that question. Yeah. You're yeah. not alone. So thanks for putting yourself out there. Yep. Okay. Have a great week. Hey everyone, for the takeaway this week, we just wanted to really let you guys know that it is so important to love yourselves. We change, our bodies change, things change. And so we got to learn to love ourselves in a new way, no matter what phase of life. And don't let anybody tell you where you should be at or what you should be doing. You pay attention to what feels right for you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go share it on social media. Take a screenshot, tag husband-in-law. And if you have a question, go to Apple Podcasts and put a rating and review and write the question in the review. We will be sure to answer it for you. 